So as the UAW and the big three come together and and work out a new deal, Sean Fain has come out, the president of the UAW, with, with some pretty lofty goals here. And it would take the 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 average cost of, of per hour, right? If you broke it down by how much the big three are paying their UAW members per hour. Right now it's about sixty-five bucks an hour. That's even ten dollars higher than what foreign owned automakers are are paying their workers in the United States. And like Tesla pays their workers forty five bucks an hour. So even then, even if you if you match it up dollar for dollar amongst automakers in the United States, still the UAW are paying the highest amount. But if you were to to look at these demands and the, and the list of, of expectations and the things that the UAW wants on behalf of their membership, 32-hour work week, 40 hours of pay, health care coverage for retirees, there would be an uptick from 65 bucks an hour to more than $100 an hour when you factor in wages and benefits. That is a substantial jump. Sam Fiorani is the GP of Global Vehicle Forecasting for Auto Forecast Solutions, and he joins us. Sam, it's good to have you. Great to be here. These are some pretty lofty demands that the UAW are are floating. And when you look at it in terms of how much per hour the UAW spends and what they would spend if the UAW got all the demands that they were asking for, which seems unlikely, that number jumps up pretty dramatically. What do you what needs to happen? for that threshold to get met for the UAW? They're going to have to pull a lot of the other benefits that they have. There's just, there's just no way that the, the Detroit three can be competitive at a pay, a pay rate that high. You pointed out that the pay rate at the competition in North America is so much lower or relatively close even, but when you increase it that much, you're going to, you're going to be non-competitive in this marketplace. Then how does the UAW then leverage some of their possibilities here, whether that's striking? How do they leverage that compared to what they're asking for and then going to get in return? They better not be expecting to get 40%. It's, it's just not feasible. And so if you're shooting for the moon and hoping to get close, that's fine. But if you're expecting to get there, it's not going to happen in 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 this marketplace, uh, UAW workers are paid relatively well, and they they should get as much as they can. But the the target they're hitting right now is just out of reach. How do you how do you look at uh, and and kind of in your crystal ball what the big three are looking at, right? Because they are making a substantial change. We've seen profits slip on Ford's side of things because of the the change to EV and and look. Cox Automotive put a study out that said, you know, there are 92,000 EVs just sitting on lots. They don't have homes. People aren't buying them, and they take much longer to sell. So as the industry is pivoting, how do the how do automakers look at these negotiations? They're going to they're going to have to look at this long term. Uh, we're looking at most companies are expecting that they're going to need fewer people to assemble these vehicles in the long term. Uh, they're going to need people in other jobs making motors and and batteries and such. But all told, it's they're going to need to reduce the the workers assembling a vehicle. Uh, that's the long term plan. And the UAW is looking at keeping the number of people employed, 
which is a great goal, but you have to be realistic that this is a market that is going to be more competitive and it's going to reduce the headcount over the long term. So increasing the, the pay rate to $100 or uh, guaranteeing that you keep the, the staffing as, as it is now, that's, that's really difficult for, uh, as an OEM to, to be able to agree to. According to uh, a story in the Detroit News, this contract would expire May 1st, 2028. So we're looking at a roughly five-year deal. When you, again, let's just for hypothetical purposes say they don't get all of this, but they get a fraction of what they want. Like, let's say the, the cost of, uh, you know, per hour pay would go up from $65 as it stands now to maybe 85 or 90 Okay, well, let's just kind of put it in terms we can work with. What does that mean for the next contract? And the next contract and the next contract when the UAW has to go back to the big three and and barter for more, because it, it almost seems like we're getting to a point with this deal and with what they're asking for now where it's ballooning to uh, to almost an unsustainable level. Oh, a- absolutely. And when we're looking at when we're looking down the line to the next contract where you're going to need to shut down ICE plants in order to focus on the EV plants and the EV plants that are open will require fewer people. Uh, they may get paid better, but there are going to be fewer of them. So uh, we're, that's where we're looking at five years down the road, that the potential headcount among UAW workers is going to be lower. So is that and why you think some of these these asks are as lofty as they are now? That's, that's got to be part of it. That has to be part of it, that they're looking down the road saying, we need to guarantee these people money now because they may not have a job in five years or 10 years. And so that that's part of the plan but making it sweeping across everybody that's just that's going to be really difficult because uh, so, a lot of those workers are still going to be around in five years is that what you think the the maybe the discussions are inside these rooms with with uaw leadership and and the 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 negotiators for the big three is it is it uh, is it just guys here's the deal we can pay some of this now, but later on, your membership is going to dwindle because we're not going to need as many people. That's absolutely part of their thinking. The other mm. part of their thinking is to make sure that, that they have a break between the old UAW and the new UAW, to make sure that they show the membership that they're on their side and they're not in the pockets of the Detroit Three. Uh, that's where they should be. They should be saying that. But uh, some of these goals might be uh, setting the bar too high for the membership. What does this do then for the automotive landscape? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned some of the, the foreign-owned uh, companies that are building cars in the United States, Tesla, certainly. What, what does this then do to some of these automakers who don't employ union workers? How does, how does, does this shift competitive balance? Uh, are the big three still going to dominate? How does, this, how does this automotive market look in the new world of electric vehicles as we move down the road? If, if a large number of workers get a large pay raise, it will pull up all the pay for everybody. So it'll make North America more expensive to, to build vehicles in. There are a lot of cases where we have to build them here because uh, IRA incentives mm-hmm. encourage local production of EVs and make it $7,500 cheaper to build one here, to sell one here, uh, things like that, that encourage local production. But in the long run, if you raise the, the rate too much, just as we saw 40 years ago, 50 years ago, other countries will take advantage of of the pay rate here and be more competitive by building equal quality vehicles uh, at a much lower rate.
You know, I had a, a UAW member call me the other day on the show, and, and I asked him what he made of Sean Fain being so vocal, right? He went to a YouTube live video and, and held a, a, a video for the UAW members. And I asked him what he thought about kind of airing the laundry, right? What he's asking for, what they're looking for. Um, and and the, the, the guy said he loved it. How does that impact the negotiations, making this public? Does that put more of the pressure on the automakers? Does it put more of the, the pressure on the UAW to come through? How do you look at that? I got about 10 seconds left. Yeah, no, it puts pressure on everybody. And like I said, it's, it, the UAW has to make sure that they are, they are for the union membership and not in the pocket of the Detroit Three. Sam Fiorani uh, with Auto Forecast Solutions. Good stuff. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. If you want to weigh in, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. It's the number for you to call or text. Uh, and we got to take a break. Come back for more here on JR Afternoon. Don't go anywhere.